Best pie I've ever tasted. Take a bite, George. Take a bite. It's delicious. I insist. If you're one of us, you'll take a bite. Hello, and welcome to The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm Eric. On today's episode, we welcome Tony Edwards. Tony has appeared in a number of films and TV shows, including Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, Hollywood Shuffle, Starman, Top of the Hill, Roseanne, Mad About You, Family Matters, House, Private Practice, and Caroline in the City. He also made a memorable appearance as one of the businessmen who interviewed George for the job at McKenzie in the classic season five episode, The Pie, and we're so glad he can join us today. Thank you for being with us, Tony. Oh, it is so my pleasure, believe me. <laughs> well, it's our pleasure having you. Yeah. So before we get into your role on Seinfeld, we'd love to learn a little bit more about you. Uh, can you tell us where you grew up and when you first decided you wanted to become an actor? I grew up in Compton, California, as in straight out of Compton. <laughs> uh, but then uh, my mother and I moved to the San Fernando Valley, where I went with to school with a lot of white people. <laughs> I was the only <laughs> black kid in the, in the school. I would drive my mother crazy because I would uh, memorize every commercial. So. Uh, she said, if you could only remember what I told you to do the way you remember those commercials. I went, sorry. <laughs> uh, so she was working for the school board and her boss was the wife of Avery Schreiber. I don't know if you know who Avery Schreiber is. Burns and Schreiber, famous comedy team uh, who was still performing around the time when I was young. Anyway, so my mother hooked me up to meet with Avery Schreiber to talk oh, wow. about getting with his agency, William Morris. <laughs> right. That's going to happen. Uh, but I, I didn't know. <laughs> anyway, so he, I went down to Universal Studios and had lunch with Avery Schreiber in the commissary and then said, just call my agent. And then I've called William Morris and they said, what, who, what? No. Uh, but then I kind of got the feeling that maybe I could make something happen. Uh, I started doing plays. I got a commercial agent. I started doing commercials. I did commercials for a long time. And then I got into improv comedy, studying comedy with uh, Harvey Lembeck, Harvey Lembeck uh, from the Beach Party movies. He was Eric oh, Von yeah. Zipper. All right. So he had, he had a comedy class. And from that, I ended up hanging out at the improv and started doing stand-up comedy. Uh, and eventually, oh, I, I would go there and watch the comedians on the in the class. You know, they would be in class and then we'd go there after class and then they would perform. And I would went there once, watch them doing. I was thinking, I, I could probably do that. And I wrote like three minutes and performed it and didn't suck. And decided, well, I'm going to come back next week. I'm going to be here anyway. So I go and ask Mark Lanau, owner of the Impro Improvisation in Los Angeles, who's uh, who's the MC tonight? Uh, oh, uh, we have an MC. Larry left. And then he goes, do you want MC? <laughs> <laughs> this is after 
performing one time, one time. I said, yeah, sure. What the hell? You know, I, you know, I experienced with improv. I had no problems standing up stage talking to people. So I emceed the open mic night. And then at the end of the night, he said, listen, we need someone to to Larry's job. Do you want to work here? You'll you'll emcee the show. You'll seat people. You'll sell tickets. You'll perform in between acts. Uh, I ended up, you know, going to playing the clubs in Las Vegas. But I really ended up bringing up almost every major comedian in the business at that time who was working at the improv, at least. The ones who played the comedy store didn't work the improv. But one of them was Jerry Seinfeld. Wonders how I was going to get there, weren't you? I know you were. Uh, <laughs> and that's how uh, I met Jerry. Do you have any stories about Larry or Jerry from your time at the improv? Being there, I would see comedians come on stage and work on their acts. I've seen people who are huge stars here now that were just starting out. I won't name any names. Uh, but Jerry was coming in because he would want to practice the bumpers, the, the parts at the beginning and the end of the show where he's on stage doing stand-up. And he did a joke which something went something to the effect of, uh, you know, I, I like planes. I was wondering, is there, is there a key for the plane? And, and if so, does the pilot ever leave it? You know, does it come on? Yeah, the the uh, PA going. This is your pilot speaking. Uh, this is ah, this is so embarrassing. Um, I left the keys <laughs> at home. I can see them. They're sitting on top of the dresser. You know, right? <laughs> so I wrote something. I, I I heard him say that, and I wrote something that I thought would work. And I wrote it down on a piece of paper, and I gave it to him. And then he came in a, a couple nights later and and did something. But now I didn't want to be that guy. You know, the guy who gives the comedians jokes and because if you're a comedian, you generally don't want jokes from someone else because you didn't think of them. Right. And I didn't want to bother him, but they were good jokes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, I, 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 I don't want to bother him, but I don't also don't want to not do this. So I called him at his office. I left a message, you know, and then later that day I come home. My girlfriend, you got a call from Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, and I re- listen to the message. It's like, uh, hey, uh, Tony, this is Jerry. Uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, yeah, keep those ideas coming. Man. We're all in the same comedy lifeboat. Next wow. thing, I'm watching, the, I'm watching the show, and he gets to the end of the show. And he goes, uh, uh, you ever wonder if there's the keys to the plane? And does the pirate, pilot ever leave him at home? Oh, uh, this is your pilot speaking. I'm so embarrassed. I've lost the keys to the plane. And then he says, you know, you ever see those guys walking around under the wing? That's what they're, they're looking for the hide a key under the wing. I wrote that. Oh, <laughs> that was wow. the part that I added. Right. Uh, and I went, whoa. <laughs> you know, I really didn't expect to get paid for it or thanked for it or anything because I kind of know how the, the business works. Right. Uh, not long after that, my girlfriend was working at a bookstore down in Studio City, right across the street from the studios. And I was went to have lunch with her. And I saw Larry David sitting there. Now, I knew Larry David from, again, from working at the improv and emceeing when he was working on Fridays and everything. And uh, I saw him and I went up to him. I said, Jerry, hey, Tony from the improv. Uh, not sure if you remember, but I just want to let you know that I love the show. I'm really proud of the work you're doing. Great job. And he goes, hey, wait a second. Wait a second. You're an actor, right? Yes. Uh, all right. Call, call me at the office tomorrow. Yeah. And. I've been in show business a long time. I know that doesn't mean anything. 
And sure enough, I call him the next day. Hey, uh, you told me to call. Yeah, you know, I thought I had we had something for you, but I don't. But don't worry, we'll keep you in mind. Okay, boom. So fine. And then my agent calls. Hey, you're going into you're going into read for Seinfeld. Okay, you're going straight to producers, which means you don't go through the initial audition thing, right? Okay, all right. So I walk in, and there's all the other businessmen sitting in our suits, you know, sitting everything. Jerry Seinfeld comes in. Hey, Tony, how you doing? Hey, hey, thanks again for that joke. That was great. I'll see you inside. You know, Larry David comes in. Hey, Tony, how you doing? I told you I'd get you in, right? All right. And like all the other guys are looking at me at this sh- in the room, going, "Oh, do they just want to kill me?" They're just like, you know, I'm that guy all of a sudden. That guy <laughs> who who usually telling a story about, I was that guy. So right. uh, I went in. I read. Okay, I got the part. Well, we're so glad you got it because yeah. you really just did an amazing job with it. Oh, thank. There is a, an epilogue, by the way, to that story. Jerry was on Reddit on Ask Me Anything, and someone asked him, "Is there a line from the show that you use in real life?" And he said, "Yes, there is. There's only one line. The line is, if you're one of us, you'll take a bite." <laughs> he, says, he says, I use it with my daughter to get her to eat something when she doesn't want to eat it. <laughs> so that's the epilogue. That's amazing. How great is yeah. that, though? Yeah. <laughs> so the cast reading for this episode took place in January of 94. However, the filming took place in February due to the earthquake. So do you remember anything about that? No, not at all. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'll have to listen to podcasts to get that information because I, I I didn't even know that. No. Yeah, if you go to the um, DVD extras, they talk a lot about the the Northridge quake and how it affected production. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. You know, I do remember living in the same house, the the house that my girlfriend and I lived over in Studio City, and I remember the morning of the earthquake, but I never put the earthquake living in that apartment and Seinfeld together. That's strange. Anyway. Yeah. Well, like I said, the table read was in January, but the filming was in February. So you were probably just there for the filming of the episode. But what was it like when you arrived on the set? I believe that I came in as a day player, which means that I probably would have come on on the day of the shoot uh, and done a morning rehearsal. I mean, I only have one line. So, as far as I can remember, it was just one day. It may have been two. I don't quite remember. I'm sorry. That's all right. So what were Larry and Jerry like on the set compared to when you would see them at the improv? I, I would say that I interacted with Jerry much more at the improv than I did on the set. I mean, I know that, you know, the best thing that I can do is just do my thing and stay out of the way. Uh <laughs> You know, and, and that's exactly what I did. I I just really, yeah, that's kind of what I try to do is to do my thing and stay out of the way and try to do the best that I can. Um, I, I'm not sure anyone has done, anyone else has done this. Maybe two or, two or three people. But in addition to being on the show and in theory writing a joke for the show, I don't think that's really official. I also did audience warm up for the show once. So have you ever have you ever spoken to Pat Hazel? No, but he's definitely been talked about a lot by people we've interviewed. We'd, we'd uh-huh. love to have him on. Yeah. 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 
Okay. Uh, I can't remember why Pat Hazel couldn't make a show. And Jerry, I guess, asked me to do warm-up for the show. And that was really more pressure than being on the show, really. Because, you know, you go on the show, you say a line, a line. You know, you get to rehearse <laughs> it. There's a director. There's people, everything, you know, telling you if you're, you know, if everything is going well. If you're doing warm-up, you're there for for five hours trying to keep this group of people happy and they're you're lucky if you're on Seinfeld because people are really happy to be there in the audience but even so that's a long right. time to keep people entertained I really I've done uh warm-up on a couple other shows as well like um Sister Sister and Smart Guy and and probably a couple other shows I can't remember uh but yeah that they're very few people who did both. I'm not sure if Pat had ever been on the show. So what about Michael Richards? I know you knew him from the improv as well. Did you get to interact with him at all that week? No, because he was not in any of my scenes. Well, scenes. He wasn't in my scene. But uh, no. Uh, but I did interact with him quite a, a bit at the improv. And uh, he always really, you know... He always seemed really super friendly to me and warm and genuine, you know, because he was so crazy on stage and so manic on stage. But at, on a personal level, he seemed really nice and genuine and friendly and I, uh, and warm, to me at least. Uh, and I appreciated that. So can you take us through what it was like shooting your scenes? Well, we come in in the morning and... Uh, uh, we get, uh, you know, we get blocked by the director and uh, we're just told where to go and and it goes slowly because as we're going along. Well, you know what? By the time we've gotten there, they've already rehearsed the entire episode two or three times already. So they're just fitting us in. Uh, it goes fairly quickly. It's, you know, especially in a show like Seinfeld, where they've been doing it so long every week, it goes quite smoothly and everyone does knows their job and they do it and it goes it goes fast coming in and doing a line or two lines and three lines on a tv show yeah you know that's kind of been my career uh <laughs> on the other hand you know i get to you know use my pension and and live a really wonderful life in uh, phuket thailand which is where i live so there you go I'm not complaining. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And your delivery is so perfect in that scene. Was it your choice to deliver the line that way or was that direction you were given from Larry or Jerry? Um, I just read the line exactly the way I read it for the audition. <laughs> and that's usually the way it works. Okay. That's fine. Thank you. And then you, know, <laughs> you leave, you know, and, uh, and I really kind of, I kind of felt like, I had it before I said anything, you know, because I, I almost don't think that I read as well as I could have, but I got it anyway. And that just sort of goes to in the business where there's so much more that goes on uh, beyond your ability to act or, or to be, you know, professional. And there's, yeah, there's, you know, being in the right place in the right time has definitely has something to do with it, you know. Yeah. With the right person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that you do 
just an amazing job. Even though it is just that one line, it you just nail it perfectly. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks. I do my best. Did you film those scenes in front of an audience? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's where the people who are on stage, that's kind of where their energy comes from. You know, uh, especially I know as a, a stand up comic that you to there's two parts of it. The actor gives the line. Now, they know what part of the line is supposed to be funny. They hopefully they know where the joke is. So they're expecting it. But also the person that wrote that line, they're they're waiting to hear that laugh as well. So it's almost if there's as if there's two people involved in every joke there's two people responsible for the laughs every time uh and as an actor you know your job well not your job but but you want to do the best with this one line you've been given on the show and uh do the writer well you know and uh carry out the message in a funny way hopefully right so when you're walking into the restaurant with George and his suit is making that whooshing sound, I assume that was added later in post-production. So how did you film that scene in front of the audience? You know, that's an excellent question. Uh, I cannot remember if they had, they couldn't have had a uh, sound of whooshing because they're recording audio live. And you know that that's not going to work, you know? So, right. but that's what, that's the job of the audience warm-up person. So if they're good and they're doing their job, they'll tell the audience that what is happening so that when the audience sees that, they can react to it as if it's happening. That's probably what happened. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Were there any additional scenes you were in that got cut from the episode? No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I didn't get cut and I didn't get added. It's just, you know, I did exactly what I auditioned. So it was uh, – it was great. Um, you know, it's been great for a lot of a lot of different reasons. Uh, it's it's been great to be part of that uh, part of the legacy, and uh, something to look back on. I think, yeah, you know. Oh cool. yeah, we always say that uh, no matter, you know, because we've interviewed all kinds of people, and you know, maybe people that have like one line like you had, or just in one scene, or you know, one episode, but it doesn't matter, like no matter how much of a role you had in Seinfeld, you were an integral part and you were so important to the legacy of this, this show and this universe. And it's just great. Yeah. Being on Seinfeld is like being in a Star Trek movie. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Uh, and it, I was in a Star Trek movie and it's, a, it's the same feeling where, it's not just a, a, a show, a, a movie or a TV show that you did. It's something that sticks with, stays with people. And, you know, people can say, you know, you, uh, oh, oh, the pie. Oh, yes, I remember I was. And then they'll tell you a story about their life, you know, or I or I was so into Star Trek that that, uh, you know, and I remember that blah, 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 blah. But it's kind of the same thing. So I've been fortunate to have both of those two of them, which are kind of two cultural touchstones uh, of that particular era. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the Star Trek movie you're in is one of my favorites. Might be my favorite oh, of, uh, of the, the, the Voyage Home. Yeah. So next time yeah. I watch it, I'll have to look out for you. OK. <laughs> Uh, what was it like performing with Jason Alexander? 
You know what? Jason is a is a sweetheart. He of all the people on the show. Well, then again, I had he's the only person on the show I had a scene with. So that makes sense that I would, you know, feel that way about him. Uh, but I will say this. I mean, after the show was, you know, once I was done, uh, Jason did a pilot of a comedy show and asked me to be in the pilot. And it's like, whoa, this is so cool. And the, the show never did go anywhere. But I always think of him kindly because of of that. And because just like what a, a, a swell, he's a swell guy, that, that Jason. You know, he's great. Uh, I love him. He's awesome. Um, and uh, remember uh, him just being really nice to me for the entire show. So, yeah. Yeah. He's great. The, the opposite of George Costanza really. Yes. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. 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 Yeah. Um, what impressed you the most about being on a show like Seinfeld? Uh, what impressed me the most is that going on the show and having one line and now I can be someplace and have someone come up to me and say, if you're one of us, you'll take a bite. I'm like, what? Are you crazy? You can't know that. How can you even know that? And he goes, oh, blah, 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 you know, and that's what really, that kind of gets me. Uh, I was like, wow, man, you know, uh, that stuff like that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite memory from your time on the show? Uh, you know, oddly enough, I can't even I don't even picture myself sitting there at the table anymore. I picture my uh, I, I don't I don't picture myself in the scene. I simply see the scene play in my head. Does that make sense? Right. So yeah. it's like what happened at that table has slowly started to dissipate into my mental ether but i still have that scene so i know what happened thank god <laughs> right. uh, you know uh so the 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 mechanics of the scene how it came down that no i have no recollection of that anyway but that's okay because the scene is still there so that's the important thing right yeah you're oh. you're immortalized in that scene well yeah uh <laughs> Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the only line that Jerry uses in his life. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but you know what? You know, we're all going. Jerry and me and and Michael and Julia and everyone. We're we're all gonna go. Probably not that you know not that far off. But for me, my thing is to live. My life, I've been so incredibly thankful and fortunate to have the, the things that have brought me here happen. So being on a show is great, but that's pales in comparison to uh, making every moment of your life matter and making every moment of your life not happy, but at peace. And that's what I've had a chance to do. And my life now is 
so much better than when I was ever on Seinfeld, <laughs> you know, so much better. So it, in terms of being immortalized, it's it's fun, but it's not at all important to me. But uh, it, no, but it is still a lot of fun. And I'm happy to share that with people who are also interested in that thing. Well, we appreciate that you share it with us. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, that that is a great perspective to have, though. That yeah, that's that is a part of your life, but you're also living your life now, and you're really uh, sounds like yeah, sounds like you're really doing well and have a great oh uh, man, you have great you have happiness no to your voice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, did you audition for any other roles on Seinfeld after your appearance in the pie? I think I did the audience warm up after the pie. So. I mean, oh, the reason why I was going to say that there's a lot of pressure, the reason why there's a lot of pressure is because, you know, uh, if you get a chance to do that. In fact, even just being able to say you go to another show and you want to do audience warm up, uh, you, you go, what's your experience? Well, I did warm up for Seinfeld. Oh, you know, it's like, what else are you going to say? Yeah, it's like, oh, now they just did, you know, so uh, that's why it was important. But uh, no, no. Uh, that was it, but that was okay because I was doing other stuff at the same t- at the at the same time, and I, I didn't feel like it was a big deal. Uh, uh, do you guys ever talk to Jerry? No, it only well, I mean, I don't think we've like reached out to him. But the thing that's interesting is like we we've had people ask us this, and our uh-huh. perspective is kind of like yeah, it would, be, it would be cool to talk to Jerry. Like obviously we're huge fans and we love it, but. You know, he doesn't necessarily remember a lot about his time on the show. He doesn't watch it, <laughs> you know, and and but we've had that. so many we've had so many other great people on here as well that, like we said, you know, maybe had one line or one scene and they've just been so much fun to talk to. And we've you know, we've watched a lot of interviews with Jerry in the main four. You know, we kind of know their perspective, know what the answers they're going to have. But with a lot of other people, we don't know. You know, they, they have these stories and these things that. That as fans we would have never known, and, it, and then it just gives us a whole new, fresh perspective on the show. Uh-huh. So we really appreciate the people that we've had, you know, even despite the, you know, we haven't had any, we haven't had Jerry or anybody like that. But I'll give you an example. You told us the story about the keys bit and how you gave him that ending to that. Jerry would have never remembered that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So now we have this little thing where every time we see that episode we're gonna know oh tony gave him that like that was something that right. tony added at the end which we would have never known before right so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's little things like that that we really exactly. uh we just love okay were you happy with how your scene came out oh yeah yeah i mean uh they did a great job i mean they always do a great job and they always did a great job and it was a great job. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Sorry, Ken. No, that's fine. <laughs> okay. All right, so before we let you go, we're just going to get into our final segment. It's called This, That, and the Other. Basically, we just ask you a question, and the first thing that comes to mind, you let us know. Okay. So first question, favorite comedian you saw at the improv? Do I have to give one? No, you can give Oh, okay, two. all right. My favorite improv uh, comedians. Um Paula Poundstone, uh, Warren Thomas, um, Sarah Silverman. Um, wow, there's so many. You know, there's so many. Those those guys just come to mind. 
Yeah, those guys. Did you ever see Larry bombing? There's all those famous stories of Larry bombing. Did you ever see Larry just like lose it on stage? No, I think by the time that I was at the improv, Larry was no longer on stage. I don't remember him. Maybe I brought him up once, maybe uh, during early, the early time when he's still doing, you know, uh, Fridays. Um, mm. But not that I can remember. Uh, Michael, on the other hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was just like, uh, you know, just walking around with a bucket of gasoline. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, he was brilliant, though. Oh, my God. He's just really amazing individual. Uh, It's funny. Funny what happened to him. It's crazy. But you know what? I think people will remember him forever as Kramer, not for what he did as 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 you know michael richards you know what i mean yeah as it should be uh what role or performance are you proudest of um i would say that it was um starman starman with jeff bridges and karen allen and uh, uh directed by uh, john carpenter um, and it was also, I remember my first movie, first movie ever. And I got into John Carpenter movie and went on location. It blew my mind. So, and, uh, worked on it for a long time and got the whole experience and worked with great people. And, and, uh, I've done other things since that, but I will always remember that it's almost like the height of my movie doing history, you know? What is your favorite film? Um, can I give you three of them? Yeah. Okay. One of them is uh, Seven. Uh, one of them is uh, The Game with Michael Douglas. And uh, I'm going to go with those two. And, oh, sorry, excuse me, wrong. And Alien, the first one which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Okay, there you go. Great Three. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite story from your time at the Improv? Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm working at the Improv, and they've got the show, and then boom, 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 boom. Then they go until about 11 o'clock, and then there's no one left on the lineup. So what would typically, typically happen is uh, there's a comedian named Rick Overton, and he goes on, and maybe someone else goes on with him and they do improv at the end of the stand-up show. Really, you know, informal. He gets up on stage and then often Robin will come and join them. So it's Rick, Robin, and I can't remember the third person. And, you know, and the audience is like, Robin will Right. So. Meanwhile, I've been there the whole night. I've been bringing people up. There's no one else for me to left to bring up and bring down. Once the improv is done, they'll just stop and it's the end of the show. So I reach into the cabinet to get my coat to go where all the wires and everything are. And I pull it out and the the lights on the stage just go off. (laughs) 
<laughs> and and Bud Friedman, who owns the improv, is standing next to me. And go, what did you do? What did you do? I, I just went to grab my coat. I, you know, it's like Robin Williams is on stage, and I've turned off the lights on the stage. Uh, and Rick, uh, and so uh, he goes, well, get the it, get the flashlights. Because we had a flashlight, we use a flashlight to signal people to get off. So. I remember just being there holding a flashlight over my head on Rick and Robin as they're doing improv while they're trying to get the lights to come back on, which they eventually did. And I went home. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And final thing, favorite moment of your career. Um, this may sound hippy dippy or not genuine, but it is true. Um, I think my greatest moment is yet to come. Either that, or actually, more important, the greatest moment is is the present moment. This moment is the the present moment is the only moment. Why should I expend energy on creating this imaginary future event, which something happens when you know it will absolutely not happen the way you imagine it to? It it's always something different. The most the best moment is the this this moment. This is the best moment. And whether it's best or not is totally depends upon how you look at this moment. If you have resistant to it, then this moment will suck and you'll you'll look for this best moment in the future. But if you can look at this moment and own it and see the beauty in it, see the joy in this moment, then you don't have to worry about another moment because you ha you have what you all you already have what you want. It's a great That's way to great. end. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you so much, Tony. This was so much fun. We really appreciate you joining us today. Sure, it's my pleasure. Yeah, this was great. Thanks for all those stories and especially the story about the the hide a key, the joke. That's fantastic. Like, yeah. like we said, you're that you're delivering just your scene. It's so memorable. Oh, thank you guys so much. It's uh, and it's just really nice to meet you. Oh, it was really nice to meet you as well, and we hope you have a great night. Take care. My pleasure, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Take it easy. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at theplacetobeseinfeld at gmail.com. You can also find our show on Facebook at The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast, Twitter at TPTB Seinfeld, and Instagram at theplacetobe.podcast. You can find our show on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like, please rate and review. It really helps us out. Until next time, be sure to hang up your pants for the perfect crease. So I fly a lot, and I like planes. I was on a plane the other day, and I was wondering, are there keys to the plane? Do they need keys to start the plane? Maybe that's what those delays on the ground are sometimes, where you're just sitting there at the gate. Maybe the pilot's just up there in the cockpit going, oh, I don't believe this. I did it again. They tell you it's something mechanical because they don't want to come on the PA system. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be delayed here on the ground for a little while. I, uh... Oh, God, this is so embarrassing. I, I left the keys to the plane in my apartment. <laughs> See the technicians all running underneath the plane. You think they're servicing it, but they're actually looking for, like, the magnet hide-a-key under the wing. Maybe he left it up there somewhere. <laughs>